All right, we're back here on the Ride On Sports Podcast. Jason, I have a new NFL team. I don't blame you. <laughs> Notre Dame Clemson, best college football game of the year. Horrible, horrible officiating, though. Definitely not saying that because I had money on the game on Clemson. <laughs> What do you uh, think about the kids? The kids going into the doing the, the rush. The, oh, the uh, the state. I like yeah. that. I congratulate them. I I like that. You know, they rushed the field. It gave this year some sense of normalcy. I know Twitter's blowing up about it though. Yeah. Uh, high school football. Cat Allen, your boys, the Wildcats, the fighting Jason Caseras win the district title. Yeah, they took care of uh, Port Lavaca. Four total passes thrown in that game. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Super. And then Jeff Lunau is suing the Astros. I'm all for it. All righty. Wow, I'm shocked. All of this and more right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. This is the Right On Sports Podcast with Jason Cassera and Gabe Myers, your best source for local sports talk. The Right On crew will be highlighting all your favorite local teams and everything else the world of sports has to offer from right here in the Coastal Bend. All right, we're back. And the election is, just, is over. Oh, thank God. Although in Corpus, we still have local elections that are going to be runoffs here in about a month. So go out and vote for those. Yeah, do not, your part. Not a lot of movement part, to vote in the local elections, but vote in the local elections. That's what makes the difference. That's our PSA so, for the day. So whenever we were doing the election on Gabe's new NFL team, how did you determine that you had a new NFL team? And what were the like uh, the markers for that? Well, I came up with this really complex formula. You see? No. <laughs> Is so, it like the electorate? In the electoral college. What's happening here? I don't know. No, it's uh, so I have a new NFL team, and it's because I was watching this team <laughs> on Sunday, and it's the most fun I've had watching a football game in some time. Really, it, I just enjoyed so watching. So you really the game. like Joe Flacco and the Jets that much? <laughs> no, <laughs> God no. That's incredible. Um, Le'Veon Bell with the Chiefs, outstanding. The, no, uh, Le'Veon Bell has been terrible with the Chiefs, um, <laughs> but I just had a ton of fun watching this team, and I love their quarterback. Um and the Texans are a perpetual disaster. Hmm. Not that the, this Unwatchable. team, this team has been a perpetual disaster, you know, for the last twenty years. But I think they're about to turn it around. I think I'm a Miami Dolphins fan now. I'm telling you what, man, the Dolphins are are stepping it up. Man, they have the Texans well first round pick too. <laughs> yeah, well coached. I mean, yeah, Brian Flores. He's so I I've liked Brian Flores since he was a linebackers coach in New England actually because there were these little documentaries NFL Network would do when the Patriots would win the Super Bowl which is you know every year okay. um, when they had Brady and uh, he he would come on and I was just like man I like you know I like his demeanor I like his attitude and remember when the Patriots got lit up by the Eagles in that Super Bowl where Nick Foles oh put, yeah made put, his name for himself yeah. Uh, so Matt Patricia was offensive coordinator on that team. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia leaves, and I remember when the Patriots shut down the Rams in the Super Bowl, and McVay was you know the hottest coach ever, and they just got you know the Patriots just completely shut them down. Okay. Brian Flores was the defense coordinator of that team. Okay. And then he went to Miami to become the coach, and you're seeing Miami. This is a well coached team, and I love Tua. And what Miami I, I won to, uh, what, two two games last year or something like that? They were really so they actually terrible. ended up winning five. They started off zero and nine. Okay, that's like at the beginning yeah. of the season, they were what the Jets are now. Mm-hmm. Like they were just awful, or was it zero and eight, zero nine? They started really really bad, mm-hmm. but then they started to like they got better as the year went on. They actually like you saw development in that team, and it was like okay, they're moving in the right direction. And they drafted Tua. They had a couple other first round picks. One of them's an offensive tackle who looks like he's going to be pretty good. They drafted a corner who. I didn't I didn't think it made sense to draft him in the first round and he's not looking very good. 
but uh, but you're seeing development in this Miami team, and they have Houston's first round pick this year, and they're gonna have you know they still have their own first round pick, and I love Tua. I never liked Alabama until Tua Tagovailoa became the quarterback. Really, I was never not. I mean, because of the Texas Colt McCoy thing, I always hated Alabama. <laughs> um, and I started to develop more of a healthy respect for them, like kind of through the through the 2010s, you know. I developed, you know, as the years went on, I developed more and more of a respect for them. And I watched Tua play his first game, and I was just like, man, I really like I really like this guy. And it made me like the team. And I watched pretty much every Alabama game where Tua was the quarterback. So now I'm just I'm taking it with me to the NFL. I am a Dolphins fan. With two attack of Iloa. All right. I think that's, that's my fair. new NFL team. That's fine. That's fair. I think it's entirely fair. Because the Texans are trash. They're unwatchable. I can't I can't watch them. I watch they, them for like five minutes on they, Sunday. They beat they beat the Dolphins. They're the Dolphins, the Jaguars. Yeah, and they, but but barely. The Jaguars almost won that game. They let up three hundred yards to Jake Luton. Jake Luton. <laughs> a guy who I didn't even watch in college. <laughs> like they're just so bad. And then David Johnson, terrible. The guy can't I, run. I saw a tweet. It said, because uh, you know how Deshaun got David Johnson lit up on that one passing play? Mm. Did you see it? Oh, no, so no, it was like it a little. It in my five minute window. It, it, it was like on a little swing pass, and a linebacker was just right there. And as soon as David Johnson touches the ball, a linebacker just comes and lights him up. So Deshaun should have thrown that so, ball and, to him. And, No, but someone said, Deshaun's so tired of David Johnson, he tried <laughs> to get him killed. <laughs> maybe. I mean, but that's, but that's uh, you know, that's maybe another discussion or something like that. But it goes back to, like, I, I don't. I still just don't know about Deshaun, man. But regardless of that, you're a Dolphins fan now, so you got to we'll ride see. or die. For, you got to ride or die with the undefeated season. You got to uh, jump on the Dan Marino train. And yeah, being the greatest quarterback of all time. I think so. Rings. Uh, I, I've been a Brady fan forever. Rings don't matter now to me. That's right. Rings don't matter, man. <laughs> Brady was awful on Sunday, huh? Oh gosh. He had like three picks. Yeah. One of the first pick, it was like on a screen pass where it's a you know ball gets tipped up in the air, defensive lineman mm-hmm. intercepted it. So that one's not you know that's just kind of one of those plays. One of them, it was a miscommunication with Brown, and I stopped watching the game at a certain point. Uh, it was, God, like, and when Jeff was on the show a couple weeks ago, Jeff and I both called Tampa Bay the best team in the league, and I really believed it. I don't know what the hell to make of this team now. Like I really I'm don't. I'm surprised you believe that though, because I, I don't know if Tampa Bay, if they're well oiled enough for that right now. And and Brady was right in the hot streak, but like they're really in, inconsistent, man. Especially like their receiving core. And then they brought in uh, Antonio Brown. How was he on? So Sunday? I mean, I don't think I heard he was already a, a cancer. In the no, he's not already a cancer. <laughs> he's it. Such a I I guy. think it's more. I think two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one. Bruce Arians got. I thought the Bucks game plan was terrible, and Sean Payton, Sean Drew Brees, coach, looked like Michael yeah. Jordan in the '90s. You I know, like they were, up. they were, they came in, they were out for blood. I mean, yeah. th- it was the best game I've probably ever seen the Saints play. Really, um, in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. I yeah. mean, just not. I mean, not just offensively. I mean, offensively they were crisp. It could have been, you know, thirty-five nothing or thirty-eight nothing at halftime if uh, Jared Cook fumbled the ball at the one or the two yard line in the first quarter. If they end up punching that in for a touchdown, the Saints are up another TD early in the game. Taysom um, Hill even threw passes. Yeah, Taysom game. Hill actually was an effective quarterback <laughs> at points. In, I mean, but the Bucks defense, Tampa Bay couldn't get first downs in the first half. Like, they couldn't stay on the field. So, as a defense, when you're on the field yeah. the entire half, you're not going to be good out there. So, I don't put too much of it on the Tampa Bay defense. But I think the New Orleans offense was great. The New Orleans defense was fantastic. 
Um, just all, like everything New Orleans did was great on Sunday. I mean, it was the best game I've seen them play. Not just Breeze and Peyton, which both of them were outstanding, but the entire team. It was a total team effort. And I haven't taken the Saints too seriously this year because when I watched them in the playoffs last year, I saw them get lit up by Kirk Cousins, and I yeah. just don't take teams that get lit up by Kirk Cousins seriously. <laughs> but like the Saints look like look like the NFC favorites. The on. Saints are kind of inconsistent over the last few years, but I think they're. They're probably the most well-oiled machine in the NFC, I would think. Man, Maybe it, besides Seattle, but Seattle, obviously, their defense has taken oh, out some Seattle's, yeah, Seattle's defense is so bad. Was it Denver that, that kicked their ass? No, Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. well, but Buffalo is a great team. So, But Buffalo hadn't been playing well for the last league. month until they played Seattle. They put up 44 on them, right? Wasn't yeah. It like 44 to 34. Yeah, and like I mean, that? like Cam Newton with the Patriots, Cam has not looked good this year in New England. Look great like, against Seattle, though. Look yeah. great against Seattle. And people thought, oh, Cam's really, really right, good. Right, yeah. But no, it's just Seattle's defense is that bad. It's so strange because that's like Pete Carroll's bread and butter. Well, they're, look at their defensive roster. It's just not – outside of Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, they just, they don't have players that you would know. They let a lot of guys go. Like Maybe because they are paying a quarterback a lot of money. Well, no, but they started letting guys go before they paid Russell Wilson. Because they had to pay him. But even then, they it's a uh, – they're paying guys on like they're paying Bobby Wagner a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They're paying. I mean, they have Lockett on an extension. Why didn't they sound resign Clowney? You think like wouldn't they benefited uh, from just his presence and his? But his, is his, Clowney worth eighteen million? He's a good. He's a good against the rush. Is he worth? But see, well, but I don't see, know what he's been doing with Tennessee see, though. But Seattle against the run is fine. Mm-hmm. They like they have big defensive linemen that can stop the run. They, the they don't have a pass rush. Okay. That's that's the yeah. I mean, he's not really you, a you you can say, oh, they're corners, but any I mean, Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis could be your two corners. But if you had no pass rush, even they will look bad at a certain point. Yeah. So that's Seattle's problem is they can't get after the quarterback. Yeah. And I mean they brought in Jamal Adams and they're gonna pay him a lot of money. Awesome. But Jamal Adams is not a cover corner or a pass rusher. He is a versatile, you know, kind of a chess piece on defense, which is great, but you still need a pass rush. You still need to have somebody that can put their hand in the dirt and go after the quarterback. See, this is my problem where I have a hard time with the NFL lately is I feel like there's a lot of talent mismanagement going on. Like there's guys like GMs, scouts, whatever it is, they're seeing players – Already in the league, who they go, man, that guy's really good. He's great. Let's just grab him. Let's get him. We got to get that guy. But he doesn't fit their system. And if you already have, you know, a few other players already running in the system, like say like Houston's defense, for example, Romeo Cornell has been running that defense for quite some time. Now he's hands off essentially, but it's still his system. He put mm-hmm. that system in place. They've been doing that 34 and whatever plays they run, all that stuff, those schemes. A lot of those guys are already ingrained with that mentality. So you bring a new guy in, like we're just going to plug this guy and he's going to be good. But he's not. He hasn't played in that system or whatever it is. You see guys constantly over and over who star somewhere, they move to another team, and it's not age, man. It's just one year later. Right. And they suck. And you just think, what's going on there? And that's where I but that's where I go, who's managing these teams? Are they all bozos? Well, with Seattle, they have drafted edge rushers mm-hmm. who just haven't panned out. Yeah. So I mean I and, saw and, that and, they and, wanted Jacob Martin and, back. Like they were, they were targeting Jacob Martin before the trade draft. Yeah, I mean, and he would was like, just. Be well, sorry, we like him on our bench, so don't worry about that. He, I mean, he, and <laughs> even Jacob Martin, who's a pretty low-level guy, he's someone who can just bend the edge and maybe you know get you know a couple pressures in a game. Yeah. But Seattle's drafted; they have drafted some defensive linemen mm-hmm. in a draft. 
And Seattle's been really good for a decade now, or like yeah. eight, nine years. They've been drafting 25, 26, 27. When you're at that point in the first round, you're drafting second and third round players. Right. Like, there aren't 32 first round players in a draft, like, that you value as first rounders in a draft. Yeah. By the time you get to the, to the end of the first round, you're getting guys who you're just hoping. You know, it's a crapshoot. You're just hoping they work out. And that's where Seattle's been for years now, and they just haven't. Remember Pete Carroll's early years? They hit on every pick. Because well, they got lucky with a couple of guys, too. Uh, what's his face that came from, like, the Canadian Football League, now is in prison. Oh, Brandon <laughs> Browner. Yeah, like, I mean, but no, he, he stepped up for a couple of years. But Pete, but Pete Carroll, the reason why they were so good at drafting was because Pete Carroll just come from college. Yeah. So he knew every – like, he recruited yeah, all these players. Point. He played against all these – or coached against all these players. Yeah. So he knows all these players. Mm. Versus now he's further and further removed for the college game. Seattle's gotten yeah. worse and worse at drafting – Though, especially on the defensive side. Like, they just can't draft a pass rusher. Whoa. And pass rushers are trying to sign one or trade for one. You're giving up an arm and a leg. Because outside a quarterback, that's the most important position in football. Their offense is still the best offense in the entire league, it, it seems like. Well, because they have Russell Wilson back there. Yeah. and the, I mean, the Chiefs have put up more points. The Chiefs are all around, and the Steelers seem like the most, like, the best teams right now in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. We'll see with Pittsburgh. I'm... I know we have, well, it's easy to say I'm not sold on them, but like, no, man. it's not that I'm not sold on Pittsburgh. It's, I don't think they can beat the Chiefs. I just don't, I just don't see them as a team. And that, I can say that for every team in the league right now that I don't think they can yeah. beat the Chiefs. But the Steelers, their road to the Super Bowl is going to go through the Kansas City Chiefs more than yeah. likely at some point. And I just don't think they can beat the Chiefs. I'll tell you, if the Colts had any kind of quarterback, Mm. If they had a decent quarterback, I think they could be legitimate contenders. But Philip Rivers is just terrible. He's bad. I haven't really seen much besides I know that the Colts have a really good defense. Their defense and, is outstanding. And, and even, like, their offensive line is really good. They mm-hmm. got two solid running backs. Even yeah. though Marlon Mack got hurt, Jonathan Taylor solid. Naheem Hines is more of, like, a third-down kind of back. He's good. Their their receivers aren't great, but they got two good tight ends. They have, you know, the receivers are fine. Ty hasn't played well this year, but how much of that is because Philip Rivers is quarterback? Um, they have yeah. good pieces, but it's just Philip Rivers is so bad. It's a shame. The Colts have to. I wonder. I'm curious to see what the Colts do. The Colts just go beg at the altar of Andrew Luck to come back this offseason. <laughs> I was wondering what Andrew Luck was doing recently. I was like, is he back in Houston? Is he just chilling? But he's a Katie guy too, right? He, no, he's Stratford. He, so I lived right across the street from Stratford High School okay. when I lived in Houston. Yeah. It was when Andrew Luck was going to high school oh. there. Did you follow him? No, like, I mean, I like he was the quarterback of the of the of the team. You were younger. Yeah, I was you young. Younger, so yeah, you were I like was middle young. school. So did you have elementary? This? Do you have his high school poster on your wall? No, I didn't have his high school poster Andrew on my wall. Great. I remember I went to a couple of Stratford games, just you know, because like their stadium was literally right across the street from my house. Wow. Um, so I went to a couple of games when I was in high school, and he was, uh, you know, and he was awesome. But it's just crazy now that he's like, you know, he like he was, you know, the best quarterback prospect ever, and he was, uh, you know, he was probably they on got the him killed, the Hall of man. Fame. They got him killed. Yeah, but it's crazy now because. The Colts with him now would be so good. Like, he would be protected by an unoffensive line. Yeah. But because they have a GM who knows what he's doing. Because when Andrew Luck was there, their GM was garbage. Which goes back to what you were saying about the the talent mismanagement. It's just confusing to me, man. It just really is. And you just, you you see it and they repeat it over and over again, these, these seemingly mistakes. Even if you go back a few years ago with some great cornerbacks in the league who, 
you know, we're, we're locked down guys on one team, then they sign a big contract to go somewhere else, and they're just they disappear. I mean, I don't I mean, know. I mean, Namdi Asim was the guy that really yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, he was done. I man. remember he was like, oh, he's better than Darrell Rivas. And he goes to the Eagles and he never made any uh, kind of impact. After Vince Young said this is the dream team, <laughs> uh, yeah. Every one of those guys went to hell. Like, it just got bad. Yeah. So Vince I Young mean, has all, to learn to be quiet. All, I mean, <laughs> I think Shady McCoy and Sean Jackson were the only guys that like had any, any kind of career after. Yeah. You know, after after that. Um, but, okay, I want to look at this because the NFC is a massive mess. Jeff and I called the Bucks the best team in the league, you know, two weeks ago. In the entire it's, league? In the entire league. The NFL? Yes. Wow. The National Football League. Did y'all drink that day? Were y'all drinking? Um, I wasn't. Uh, I'm, I won't speak on Jeff's behalf, but I don't believe <laughs> he was either. Um, so, like, you you think that y'all thought the Bucks would have been better than the Chiefs or the Steelers or, I, say, the Seahawks? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we both, both of us, it's amazing. Jeff and I actually agreed on quite a bit, which I didn't anticipate. Um, yeah. But we both didn't take the Seahawks super seriously as contenders because of the defense. Um, the Saints, it, remember two weeks ago, there was this weird stuff going on with Michael Thomas, and the Saints hadn't looked very good. Like, they, you know, they got beat by the Packers pretty handily on Sunday Night Football not too long ago. They got, um, they played a close game with Carolina, who's not all that good of a team. Um, who was their other loss to? They had another loss that wasn't, um, Saints? The, the Raiders. They lost to the Raiders, and, you know, they didn't look good in the that Raiders game. Raiders look all right, man. And um, I know. I, I still don't buy into the Raiders. I still don't buy into the no, Raiders. No, I refuse to. to. But I don't think they're there yet. It's – um. well, the Saints had not looked – I mean, the Saints played their best game in years on Sunday night. Um, but maybe they are, maybe they are legit. Maybe They I'm ran gonna... the ball a lot, too. But there was no dominant rush or even Kamara. But, like, they – they ran that they kept, but they have they have Camara who's like a utility guy who just yeah. does everything, and then you have Murray who's even, a bigger. And you more can powerful. run Taysom Hill out there. You can run um, Taysom. You can do whatever you want. It's pretty fascinating. Um, but I mean, you have the Saints who looked amazing on Sunday night, but I watched them against the Packers a month and a half ago, and they couldn't stop the Packers. Aaron Rodgers went up and down the field on them. Well, then you saw the Packers get owned too, and you got so. and you, you saw the Packers get beat horribly by Tampa Bay. And then yeah. you say, okay, well, what about Seattle? Where their deep, th- their defense is terrible. Do you trust them against? Uh, do you trust them against Drew Brees, Brady, or Rodgers in the playoffs? I certainly don't. Um, what about the L.A. Rams? I don't know if I think the Rams are talented enough. Like, it's got. I, I mean, look at. I look. I line up the quarterbacks. We have Drew Brees. We have Tom Brady. We got Aaron Rodgers. We got Russell Wilson. Do you trust Jared Goff to beat all those guys? Like, I thought you loved Jared Goff. I'd like Jared Goff, but he ain't. He's not those guys. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are the. Uh, hey, the Eagles might make the playoffs. The we Eagles never are, know what happens. Yeah, there. Carson Wentz might just tear it up. Right? Yeah, maybe Carson Wentz goes back to 2017 and just yeah, maybe get some maybe plays at the MVP level. You know, the Eagles have some health. You he, never know, right? Once yeah. You get into the show. LOL. Golly, um, man. I literally for NFC Cowboys contenders, I put Eagles. LOL. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals can Cliff Kingsbury win a uh, playoff game? I don't think they're ready. I don't um, think so either. So but I mean, Kyler Murray looked. He was. He was. Kyler killing. Murray looks. Awesome. He ran for hundred yards. He looks awesome. DeAndre Hopkins didn't even have a great game in that one. He got no. paid, so now he's not. He's in a melee. No, Hopkins you know? is. Hopkins is. I think he still leads the NFL in receiving yards this year. Probably. He. he uh, no, because remember, uh, so actually with Hopkins, he did not have a lot of catches, but I watched that game from start to finish because, as you know, I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan now. Right. And um, there he got he forced like four pass interference calls. 
they oh, were so good at so, that. Golly, man. And it, well, he was playing against Xavier Howard for the Dolphins, who now that I'm a huge Dolphins fan, so I know their personnel inside <laughs> and out. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's actually a very he's good corner, but he's very physical. Like he, he's very handsy, and Hopkins is very handsy as well. So they were just battling the entire game. So Hopkins drew several PI calls. So they, it's not that Hopkins wasn't impactful, or they never threw the Hopkins. Right. It's just every time they threw to him, you just saw 25 and White just grabbing him, trying to steer him across. But then the it field. opens up other places. Yeah, and, I mean, stuff, and they Christian did. Kirk got a long touchdown. Fitzgerald yeah. had a few catches. A no-name tight end had a touchdown catch. I mean, they... Who's they, running the ball for Arizona? Is Drake uh, is... Ch- uh, Chase Edmonds is the little, little scat-back type. Okay. But, I mean, that, that's that offense, though. They don't have power running game. Like, that's Cliff Kingsbury. It's why I don't trust... Him. You have to be able to, at some point, just be able to run the football. Is anybody running the football, though, very well in the NFL? The Green Bay Packers. No, man. The Packers can run the football. And didn't their guy get hurt too? They're running back. He's back now, though. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Jones is back. But even without Aaron Jones, they still have Jamal Williams, who's solid. AJ Dillon, yeah. who they drafted in the second round. When well, Seattle um, usually runs the ball well. And they, so they had Chris Carson. Chris out, Carson Carlos and Hyde. Carlos Hyde were both out on Sunday, yeah. so they couldn't run the ball. But yeah, typically Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. The Niners like to run. But San Francisco's just so hurt this year. Yeah. Jimmy G probably out Down for the to, year. Really. Uh, Kittle's out for pro- most. I mean, the Niners are done. They have so many injuries. Too bad. I know. I love Kyle Shanahan. But, yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay before this week, they were able to run the ball. Like, Ronald Jones had been running. He was, for a while, one of the top guys in rushing yards. So, it's, um, yeah. it. And he got shut down. Well, right? Didn't he have, like, nine yards? Well, he only had, like, three carries. Because they got behind? Because, yeah, they fell behind yeah. so quickly. So, I mean, it wasn't that Tampa Bay couldn't run the ball. It's that they didn't run the ball because they're down three touchdowns, you know, mm-hmm. at the blink of an eye. See, and that's where I, w- I would say the indictment on Tampa being so good because now if they get down, is Brady can Brady bring a team back still? Like, is that Brady still around? No, I think he can. I think the Saints just played awesome. I thought Tampa's game plan was terrible. But what they- are they going to rely on? Because, like, okay, they have good receivers, right? But – you take away the passing game. Can Tampa run the ball down someone's throat? Tampa, I mean, but you got to be able to come back in the air. And so I mean, I think I think a multi- multitude of things happened on Sunday night. I thought one, Tampa's game plan was terrible. Mm-hmm. Two, New Orleans' game plan was great, and Reason, Peyton were out for blood. Um, three, you're working Antonio Brown into the offense. Uh, so that and doing that, if you're doing that against the Detroit Lions, that's okay. Yeah. Doing it against the New Orleans Saints, sure, not okay. Yeah. Um, number th- uh, and then also for Tampa, their defense is on the field the entire game. So their defense, which typically and has been this year, it has been really good. They're on the field the entire first half. So no defense when on the field the entire time is going to because I don't think Tampa got a first down until their fourth drive of the game. So they'd get the ball go three and out, and then when they did get a first down, the next play was a screen pass, tip, tip, interception. So it's just Tampa Bay could never get into a rhythm on offense, and New Orleans constantly on the field. Now, New Orleans played great. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but I think a lot of things happened in that game more than just Tampa Bay what happened is, is not the, any good. The Saints marched on their ass. The Saints marched on their ass. No, no. <laughs> and that's it. No, the Saints were really, really good. It's well, As far as who is the NFC favorite, and I thought about this yesterday at great length, if the Packers get it's home field – yeah. If, but only if they get home – if they get home – because there's no home field advantage this year in the NFL. Without fans, I just – you know, these teams, yeah, they're going on the road neutral. and winning. It's not a problem. Yeah. But if the Packers get home field and you have to go to Lambeau and win a playoff game and what is always negative 10-degree weather in yeah. January. Every Packers playoff game I've ever watched is like negative 10, negative 20 degrees. It's always just brutally cold there. Yeah. And look at all the teams I mentioned as Love NFC it. favorites. 
the Saints in a dome, Tampa, they're in Florida, um, the Rams in California, the Seahawks, now they're in Seattle, but even Seattle, it doesn't get it that cold. Get, yeah. it, it's not like that. No, we're close. If you got to go to Lambeau in January, even without a crowd, I, I think I like the Packers in the NFC. Now, if anyone else gets home field, I have no freaking clue. I'm, <laughs> I'm lost. Yeah. I don't know who's the favorite in this. Well, the Saints will have an advantage in the Dome now because of not having because a crowd. Not, Otherwise, that was crowd always noise. an advantage. And even but the last two years, they lost to the Rams in the Dome. They lost. Yeah, Kirk. I mean, something a little shady on that loss. Kirk. But, but uh, So if you want to say, oh, the pass interference against the Rams, Jared Goff got face masked at the one-yard line <laughs> in that same game, and they didn't call I it. I would argue the same thing. Like, like They, they, there they were had a, lot a great of, chance of losing that anyway. There were multiple bad calls yeah. in that game. Um, that, went, come down that, to one that went against both teams. Hey, how did Des do for the Ravens? Did he play? I didn't even notice him. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I'm happy for him, though. I didn't I'm, have a ton of eyeballs on that game. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really watch. Uh, but I'm happy that he, he got signed and he's back. Because when he signed with the Saints and then he blew out his ACL or whatever in practice, that was horrible. Yeah, that was I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, so he's – yeah, he was – I didn't like Des initially in Dallas because he was young and dumb. But I grew to really like that guy. Like, he just – I think he was a really good receiver – um, he slowed up a little bit, but dude, Jerry, Jerry was like, bye. Well, Dez was <laughs> he wanted more money a big play was, receiver but... who was no longer fast. Yeah. But and, like, he, and he never got, and he doesn't get open. Well, maybe he was lazy. Maybe he got lazy. Like he, I would say like Andre Johnson, once he slowed down, he was still a good possession receiver. Yeah. He but could still, he'd still work and get up and, and. But Andre could still get open. Yeah. And like, then, but cause he worked hard. I yeah, think at it. And, and then, he was, and he was a good route runner. Yeah. Dez is not a good route runner. Dez just uses physical ability. Once his physical his physical ability diminished a little bit, then it just all went out the window for him. Yeah. So maybe it was more about he wanted to get paid number one receiver money, and he wasn't a number one receiver anymore. But it's odd because he's only he's not old, man. He's the not old, like but it's or 30. but if you're a guy that relies solely on athletic ability in the mm. NFL, that goes quick when you're taking those hits. Yeah. You've got to be. You, maybe that's an advantage for like a DeAndre Hopkins who is a little more compact. Well, Hopkins also just works his butt off. Yeah, he's like ripped. You, you just like he's he bulky. like he's a grinder. Yeah. Like Hopkins is just a grinder Larry on and off. Gerald the field. similar Fitz, body type yeah. as DeAndre. Like Dez was long. Like a Randy Moss, right? Yeah. Well Dez but was Randy Moss was much more talented than and Dez. Moss but. was also fast. Like Dez is yeah. never that fast. Like Randy, Randy Moss Randy is a four care, three. Yeah, like Randy's a four three speed guy. Dez was a four five, four six guy. He's like that wall. I'm gonna run through it. Yeah, like Randy. <laughs> I love Randy Moss, and I didn't like him either in his early days. But he was painted poorly. Like yeah, he was. He was painted in light of just being this troublemaker, and you know he just wanted to play. Yeah, no, but I've really I, come to like that guy. No, Randy Moss is. I mean, he was outstanding. So speaking of generational talents like Randy Moss. Jason, imagine that oh, you are say me. <laughs> imagine that you are 21 years old with a great head of flowing blonde hair. That was a good time in my life. Um, and and you're the quarterback for the Clemson Tigers, and you're going to be the number one pick in the draft. Not a chance. And the New York Jets. Not a chance. Have the number one pick in the draft. I would have my my agent that I technically don't have hired right now. <laughs> I would have that guy already working out a plan to convince the Jets to trade that pick. Okay, so if you're going to do that, Jacksonville is the next in line. Do you want to go to Jacksonville? I'd rather go to Jacksonville than really? uh, the Jets. Yeah. I'd rather go to the Jets. Well, because the Jets have sucked for so long, and Jacksonville is kind of up and down. But, like, just for the sheer fact it's Jacksonville over New York. Like, the media, New York stinks. Dirty. It's a sucky city. <laughs> yeah, but he's going to have a lot of money. So he's going to get to live in the good part. I, I would go with Jersey. Like, they play in Jersey anyway. 
right? The Meadowlands. Okay, or but, the I, Meadowlands but I've or done that. I've done that train ride from Manhattan to, to the East Rutherford. Yeah, it's five nice, minutes. It's fine. Yeah, five minutes. Maybe because I, be when I, when I but is he that kind of guy? When I stayed in when I stayed in New York, we stayed at a hotel right across the street from the stadium. Actually, he's a very like humble kind of guy, yeah. right? I don't think he'll do well in New York. I think he'd, I think the pressure would be bad. Like look at Sam Darnold. I mean, he was. But I, I would argue. But Sam from? Darnold has had Adam Gase as his coach. The Jets are gonna fire Adam Gase. So he's gonna have a new coach. He'll have a new. Too, he'll have a which, new coach. You know, but the G, so the GM good. they just hired a GM last year. Um, and the, the GM, he was the Eagles' old assistant GM, and he is viewed. His name's Joe Douglas. He is viewed as a real high-level guy around the league. Yeah. And he's gonna have multiple first-round draft picks the next two years to be able to be able to draft Trevor Lawrence and then put guys around him. And they're gonna have a ton of cap space, so they're gonna be able to get players, bring in talent. Because that's a, the Jets right now. Their coach sucks. They'll have a new coach, and they. But the don't Jets, have any the Jets have consistently been ran poorly for like twenty years. I mean, I go, I dude, I can go back to whenever the Jets were. They had a uh, uh, man. Who was but, the, but the Jaguars Curtis, have Curtis, it? whatever um, Martin. Yeah, like uh, they had a good quarterback at the time. They had like there's been so much talent that have come and gone there, and it's just. But the Jags, but they they made a Super Bowl, right? They no, they never made once. a Super Bowl. It's just they made the AFC title game. They or made the like AFC that. title game a couple of times. Now the Jets did too when they had when they had uh, Rex Ryan. Yeah, and they they had some talent there. But I just I don't know, man. I I think I would choose Sunny Florida, and he's you know but plays what, in South Carolina right mo- now. You can make a lot of money though in New York with endorsements. I think it depends on what he wants to do. Does he want to win? Have the opportunity to possibly compete and win a title, or just go to New York and be king of New York? But Go be king in New York. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good move for him. But I mean, go be. I think chances are he's not going to make any moves to where this is going to change anything. I think he's going to end up being drafted by the Jets, and in five years he'll be a backup in like Denver, and that's how his career is going to go. If he's with the Jets, I just don't see them having enough change of culture and talent there to put around him. He's used to winning. He's used to winning. He is used to winning. And I think guys like that, when they're so used to winning and they go into the NFL and they have to face adversity and go 2-14 and 14 their first year, maybe 4-12 and 12 or maybe 5-11 and 11 their second year, I think it's really hard on them. I think a lot of guys fall on their face. But guys that. like that also change the culture of, um, or, of a team. Or does the culture change them? But see, I think the Jets' culture, dun, once dun, they fire dun. Adam Gase, is going to be a lot better. Old bug eyes himself? They're gonna, yeah, <laughs> thankfully they're going to fire him. So I'm I'm gonna pull up the draft order right now of what it would be if the draft was today, in theory. So you have the New York Jets with pick number one, mm-hmm. Jacksonville pick number two. I don't see Jacksonville sucked for twenty years. Also, like the Jets have had more success than Jacksonville the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to go to Jacksonville. Dallas is number three. I don't think they're gonna take a quarterback. You never know. The Giants are number four. If okay, okay, with Dallas, you have the opportunity to draft that guy. Trade up, draft that guy. No, I would get rid of Dak, and you'd yeah, you yeah. you would get rid of Dak for Trevor Lawrence. And so what I would do is I'd franchise Dak because I just think there's and a trade market. him to New York, trade him, tra- trade him somewhere. You have to pay his salary for that pick. Yeah, I mean you have to pay Trevor Lawrence's salary, not Dak's. Well, I'm saying like if you try to convince the Jets, here's Dak Prescott, a, a talented, already proven quarterback, and he's already signed. You'd have to trade more than one. Dak for the number one pick. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably. I don't know it, what the trade would it's, be. It's the Jets have a golden pick, but so the top so the top three are the Jets, Jacksonville, and Dallas. I don't mm-hmm. think Dallas is going to be in the quarterback market. The Giants at four. Yeah, they're and, not in the market. 
But I see. I don't think Daniel Jones is any good. <laughs> they sure loved him last year. Well, yeah, because oh, Dave Gettleman used to get fired. Washington <laughs> at five, they would be in the market. But do you want to go to Washington? They can't even decide what their name is. Yeah, no one wants to go. They're to the Washington, Washington football, team. football team. The Chargers have their quarterback at six. Yeah. The Dolphins pick at seven. They got their yeah. guy. Cincinnati at eight. They got their guy. Carolina at nine. They're paying Teddy Bridgewater $25 million a year. <laughs> Atlanta. Like, so which stupid. of these teams? Again, mismanagement in the NFL. <laughs> but which of these teams are you going to? Like, which of the – even Carolina. I mean, that's it. So the only, the only thing that can happen is a dark horse trading up. I would – And they'd have to give away their the entire Indianapolis draft. Colts, you know. Colts. Maybe but the Col- what about even the Patriots? The Patriots are going to be a top ten. Yeah, the Patriots right, right now be they have two wins, three wins. At the moment, they have a 13th pick. 13th, wow. Yeah. Wow. I had to go back and look at standings. Okay. I, I They're three the and five, tied with the Vikings, the Lions, Den- and Denver. By the end of the season, though, I bet they're in a top ten pick. Like they're, they'll, they'll probably win five games this year, maybe six. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just with with Trevor Lawrence. And Bill Belichick's going to retire after this year. He's going to say to hell with this. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why he isn't retired already. You got six championships. I know. Like, now, you're, now you're, I mean. You got a beautiful girlfriend. You got a place in Nantucket dude, and a place in Florida. so much money, man. Yeah, and he gets the hobnob. Now he's going to go in the speaking circuit and, and, and you know, he coaches are going to pay ten grand to hear him speak. He don't have to do anything. Do whatever he wants. Retire, man. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with. Go people. out on top. I'm always for going out on top. I don't yeah. know why guys hang on for too long. David Robinson did it right. Won the champ. John Elway won the Super Bowl. Even Tim retired. Duncan. Tim Duncan was like he was he was starting to fade a little, but he was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna. Go so what happened with Duncan was he's living a good his, life right now. His ver- yeah, I saw a picture of him on a Ginobili on a on a bike. You know, they're just chilling. But it's cool. Uh, it's cool. what happened with Duncan was he had a his last year. He was playing pretty well first half of his last year. Then they called it a knee sprain, but I, I feel like it was something more. But it was some, he had a knee he had a knee problem his last year. Yeah, and he was out for like a month, and it, he can't, and I watched you know that year I watched almost every game. It was of the, the Spurs. same medical team that were treating Kawhi. Yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, but I, but Duncan was forty or thirty nine. Yeah, yeah. You know he was he Kawhi's was like twenty five. Yeah, he's but, like no thank you. But Duncan was like he had someone with his knee, and he came back, and he was never really the same. Yeah. And when he came back, I was like, oh, he's maybe that was this Kawhi's last year. He was like, look, I don't, I don't know, man, I don't trust these guys, you know. Yeah, Kawhi's afraid that at 39, he won't be in his was, prime anymore. Hey, was, that medical really team kept Duncan in his prime from when he was 22 to when he was 38. Parker and Manu, like, oh my gosh, once I hit 38, I won't be the best player in the league anymore. Once, I think once Tony Parker made the comment about, yeah. like, I don't know what his problem is, whatever it was, it yeah. was done. That, that relationship yeah. was severed. That's a whole different issue, yeah. though. So God, you would, fun to watch. So if you were Trevor Lawrence, I want to get back to this. If you were Trevor Lawrence, you would say no thank you to the Jets. I wanted to go to the incredibly well-run Jacksonville Jaguars. I'd rather, I'd just rather, me personally, I'd rather be in Florida than New York in a heartbeat. Okay. It's jet skis, it's boats, man, it's yachts for his humble self. (laughs) But see, but the NFL's a fault. What's the the salary expectation for a number one pick right now? So you get like 36 million guaranteed. (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. He's going to be like 22. Yeah. Right, 21, 22, and have all that money. I'd rather spend that money in Florida. Well, you get less of a tax in Florida. Of course you can fly. Yeah, you have no income tax, right? Yeah. So you could fly, though, from New York to Florida in, you know, two and a half hours, yeah. you know, something like that on your private jet. So that's not really a problem. But yeah. what would you rather do, though? Like, have to ride, you know, the train, take a car, like, for an hour to the traffic in New York to go to your overpriced Manhattan apartment, 
where rats are going to try to eat your feet. He's not going to live in that New York, though. He'll probably live in Jersey. <laughs> hey, Jersey can – there's nice places in Jersey. Yeah, there are. It's fine. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. So you, so Jason Cassero would choose the Jacksonville Jaguars yep. over the New York Jets. An that RV. is – Wow. J-E-T-S, trash, trash, trash. Wow. All right. We're going to take our break on that note. Um, <laughs> get a quick message from right on, and then we'll be back with some college and high school football. Plus, Jeff Lunau is now a favorable opinion of Jason Cassera. All of this right here on the Right On Sports Podcast. I'd like to take this minute to talk about RightOnCorpus.com. Right on Corpus is a lifestyle media company that creates fun in our city by promoting experiences that you guys will love. They are the people to turn to for advice on everything Coastal Bend. What fun shall you do today? Find out at rightoncorpus.com. Okay, we're back here. Back and better than ever, baby. Back and better than ever. And we saw the best college football game of the year, probably, but the officiating was terrible. Clemson and Notre Dame. Notre Dame and the officials beat the Clemson Tigers in <laughs> overtime. Um, that was that was a horribly officiated game. They went to review. You know how in college football they review like a any turnover or any scoring play gets automatically reviewed? So Clemson okay. scored a touchdown, and they reviewed it and ruled it a touchdown. And they reviewed it again and said it wasn't a touchdown. Oh, wow. They're ACC refs, right? Allegedly. Allegedly not paid by the South Bend Fighting Irish fan club. Maybe they were good Catholic boys. Maybe they were. And they just thought, boy, we better get this right. That's that's terrible. And no, and know, there were a lot of – so the worst call in that game, it was in double – so this is in double overtime, mind you. Right. So the Notre Dame quarterback scrambles. It's like – it's second down and like 13. Notre Dame had lost some yards on first down. Second and 13-ish. And Notre Dame QB scrambles. He gets a first down. And he's running out of bounds. And the Clemson player's coming in because he's, like, getting close to the end zone. So he's trying to keep him out of the end zone. So he's coming in to hit him. And an Notre Dame quarterback, his toe hits out of bounds. And the Clemson safety is coming in full speed. He doesn't, like, light up the Notre Dame QB. He just, like, you know, he he contacts him out of bounds. And they throw a flag for – um. They throw a flag for unnecessary roughness on the Clemson player. The reason why that was big was because there was a holding penalty on Notre Dame that would have made it second and 23 in double overtime. But instead, that penalty gets enforced, but then they enforce the unnecessary roughness on Clemson, and it's first and 10 for Notre Dame from the 20-yard line. Hmm. Instead of second and 23 in double overtime of a tie game between two top five teams. I wonder how that, that breakdown occurs with referees sometimes. Because, I mean, these guys are off the top of their game. They're, they're good at what they do. But then they come in and they just, as a crew, just have this it poor was game a, and it just It was a horribly officiated. And even, like, Joel mm. Klatt, who's a Fox guy, who's him and Herb Street are my two favorite college football analysts. Yeah, I like Herb Street. Herb, Street's, Herb Street's really good. He's so, always been fair. So Klatt is, like, the college version, or uh, the Fox version of Herb Street. Okay. And I, I think they're both great. Um, and Klatt said after the game, game was awesome, worst officiated game I've seen in years. Like mm-hmm. it, it was terrible. And Klatt's not a Clemson homer. He's not. If anything, Klatt's like a Big Twelve and Pac twelve homer because Fox owns the TV rights to those conferences. So he, you know he kind of props yeah. up. He kind of props them up a little more than they should be. But he was like, oh, that game was horribly. What did Dabo say? Da- I didn't even. Dabo, I, I was Dabo, so mad after the game. I didn't watch well, any he's reaction. Very vocal. So. So Dabo was in the ref's ear the entire night. Dabo was in there. Like it was it, the, the the officiating was terrible. 
Clemson had their backup quarterback, DJ Ui Gilalela. Layla. But I heard uh, he played well. He right? was awesome. Uh, he's going to be number one pick in 2023. Like, Clemson's just rotating through. They have Deshaun, then they get Trevor Lawrence, and now they're getting this DJ kid. Yeah, I what's mean, up with that? I mean, Clemson. I Sounds mean, shady. Recruiting. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, that, that kid, DJ, second start on the road against what's supposed to be a really good defense, he lit him up. I mean, mm-hmm. he was awesome. And he, you know, 6'5", 250. I mean, probably the strongest arm I've ever seen. Really? I mean, he like it just he's a lot. No, he he he's got a cannon. It and he's accurate. Like he's not wild. Like he, he's a pretty accurate thrower. So I mean, he is he's special. Like he's going to be the number one pick barring something, you know. He'll probably be number one pick in a couple of years. What I want to know though. So Notre Dame's down to rank number 2 in the country. Clemson's 4. Clemson despite ter- you know they lost cuz of terrible officiating and not having Trevor Lawrence. These two teams are going to play again in about a month in the ACC championship game. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, let's say by two touchdowns, does Notre Dame get into the playoff over a potentially one-loss Texas A&M team or an undefeated group of five team like Cincinnati or BYU? Would it be surprising that A&M would get in? I mean, well, they beat Florida, and Florida's you know Florida is going to probably meet Alabama in the SEC championship game, and if I mean you look at A&M. If they run the table the rest of the way, which is very I, – I would favor them over every opponent they have left. They don't get upset. So I it's mean, an automatic wh- that Alabama is going to make it. I think right? – I don't think – I don't see Alabama losing a game. Yeah, and then so – Ohio else? State as well. Okay. And then the winner I, – I would say Clems- Clemson's going to beat Notre Dame next time they play. Clemson's a better team. Notre Dame got – one, the best quarterback in college football didn't play – and then to an incredibly friendly whistle in South Bend, Indiana. That's uh, not going to happen. That's twice. not going to happen in Charlotte, North Carolina. As a matter of fact, I would bet. Game. Yeah, that game there'll probably be any hardly any penalties called. They'll just sit there. Yeah, guys are going to like just swallow their whistle. And also, time. also for Clemson, Clemson, their best defensive lineman was suspended for the first half because of a targeting penalty that happened the week before. Their second best defensive lineman was out with an injury. See, he they've had a back. lot of injuries in general, right? Yeah, Clemson and has? then their best linebacker, who's a who, who's a play caller on defense, he was out with an injury, and he will be back. Like Clemson is going to beat Notre Dame next time they play. Like if those guys were playing, uh, even take out Trevor Lawrence, if the other defensive guys were playing on Saturday, Clemson probably wins by two touchdowns. Now add Trevor Lawrence and all those guys back in a month, Clemson is going to win that game if okay. they win it comfortably. Does Notre Dame get credit for beating Clemson early in the year and still get into the playoff, or would it be a different team? So off the top of your head, on the uh, uh, your back against your back is against the wall here, but on November twenty fourth, the first CFB rankings come out, right, or the playoff okay. rankings come out. So who's your top four? Top four, uh, Bama would be one. Notre Dame because they've played more games would be two. Yeah. I'd agree. Uh, Ohio State would be three. They, oh, Ohio, Ohio State, State just, looked that impressive. They've looked good. They've looked really good against Rutgers. They don't, I mean, Rutgers, you know, like, a, but uh, so they played three games in like they, one of those against ne- Green ne- Puff. Nebraska. They they looked against yeah. Nebraska. They made no mistakes whatsoever. Yeah. Penn State up and down the field. So I'd give Penn State. That's a good win. But um, the other two, they just look. In, but I look across the rest of college football. Am I gonna put? <laughs> You know, I, like I put Notre Dame. Cincinnati, or A&M. I, I don't think Cincinnati's that impressive. If I, I would pick BYU over Cincinnati. 
Yeah. I would pick B- BYU's quarterback's the real deal, Zach Wilson. You know how, like, late at night, it's like 11.45 and a BYU game is kicking off, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to watch this game. Oh, man, but, like, that's but stay the up best football on at nighttime. Stay, yeah. But I, I encourage y'all, watch a BYU football game. Zach Wilson, you know what Zach Wilson? He is, is he the ju- same one that tore up Texas' no. ass a couple years ago? Who was that guy? That's Taysom Hill. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I remember that still. No, but— 245 rushing yards, something, something like, like that. But like, something Zach embarrassing. Wilson— is Johnny Manziel with a much stronger arm? Oh, is he and he's a better up? he's a better athlete. Yeah, he's a better. Hopefully, athlete. a better guy. Well, he goes to BYU, so he can't be. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I don't know. I think they have some standard there. Um, <laughs> so they but, say. But uh, my top four, because Ohio State's looked really, really good to me. I would put them three. So I have Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I'd put Clemson four. I mean, to have to go on the road. Watching that, like Clemson watching that game, Clemson was the better team. Like, you watch that game, Clemson was the better team, and Clemson was without three of their best players on the front seven and without their quarterback. I mean, they were without their starting quarterback, who's a Heisman favorite. Yeah. And so I'd put Clemson four. Um, I'd put A&M five, Florida six, and then BYU, Cincinnati, seven and eight. That would be, that would be, uh, that'd be my next four. Off the top of my head. Pac-12, what uh, what do you, I don't know, Pac-12, yeah. they started this last weekend. They Shout out Herm Edwards and Arizona State for covering 11. I know they lost the game in a horrific fashion, but you lost by less than 11 points, so shout out to them, Jaden Daniels and co. I think if you're, you're west of, besides BYU, let's just say just generally the Pac-12, no one should care, no one should listen, because... They just, they've just started too late, man. How is this, though? How are, how are they even playing football in California? That's a weird thing. Like, not to bring politics know. into it, because it's not, but, like, the whole state shut down. And then he finally said, well, let's do college football without any gain whatsoever. Well, they're playing NFL football. They've been playing NFL. Well, yeah. the NFL's big bit. Like, the NFL's going to yeah. get their way. Their, their TV contracts are probably larger and, and advertising no. and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know. But Pac-12, no one's watching the Pac-12 anyway. I mean, it's just, it's rare. <laughs> yeah, you stay up till four in the morning. They like you have DVR games and you're gonna catch them up. But I don't know. And, and did anything anyone out of the Pac-12 resemble anything that's competitive? This the year only anyway? way. So I'm I'm with you. Where I really wouldn't consider a Pac-12 team unless Oregon would be the one team that could do this. If Oregon just goes on a tour de force and just wins every game by three touchdowns or more, just dominates. How many games do they have to six. play? Okay. So if, well, you and, and in the conference size, championship. Yeah. So if you go seven and zero, winning by an average of twenty eight points a game. Now again, I'd have to see it happen. Yeah. But then I the would consider. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can agree with that. And then just based on you know what other teams look like across the country, but that's the only way to consider a Pac twelve team. And Oregon, they Oregon has NFL players on the offensive and defensive lines. Yeah. Oregon's problem is they don't have the skill position players. Of an SEC team or a Clemson or an Ohio State, they just don't have the skill position guys. But they like offensive and defensive line. They got NFL dudes across the board. Like Oregon's recruited really, really well. And but also now their quarterback is just kind of a guy. Like last year they had Justin Herbert who was really, really good. Yeah. Uh, now it's just they just Shaw, Shaw or something is his name. It's just kind of a guy. Like he's just a guy. Like he's just he's, he's a guy. He's, he's just, just a, a he's just another college. He's quarterback. a quarterback at Oregon. 
But no, like, but he's not. But it's not. He's dude. not Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or yeah. Justin Herbert. Like he's not an elite. Well, maybe talent. give him a year or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm just watching him this year. Like yeah. he's that. He's just not it. I mean, um, the Notre Dame president sent us a strongly worded letter to the students. He gave him a stern warning for rushing the field. Yeah, because he had COVID. The Notre Dame president, <laughs> like it was like back in like August or something like that. I think he had COVID, and so. Uh, Apparently Gosh, it really pissed him off. You know there's going to be a COVID outbreak now. So he told him, he told him, um, God, where was it? I was just reading it, but he basically said, "Don't um, do that." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it, or you know what? You're gonna, you're gonna be what forced you gonna to do go to class. What are you gonna do? Suspend your student body? Yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to sit in your dorm and do nothing. That's what I they want to do anyway. Exactly, <laughs> and they, you know, it's like you're, I don't know, what a mess, right? So, yeah. does that wrap up college football? I think so. It's this, this is like to me like this is the time though that it actually starts getting more exciting because yeah you're getting towards the end of conference play. Um, you I'm know. curious to see what the first playoff rankings look like. I'm What's, usually not this year. I am because it's so different. Like, how does the committee weigh? Like Ohio State will have played five games. Like, how does it weigh five games for Ohio State? I would think that's the versus... minimum entrance too. The minimum entrance of games played has to be five this year. You know, I'm sorry, just it's if you're. Your school couldn't manage to get it together, or whatever. It's like it's just so be it, man. Well, no, it's not I, but, fair but to the, the other. But those teams. are the first rankings. Like by yeah. the end of the season, Ohio State will have played if they assuming they six or seven. Play, also, right? No, they would have played ten. Oh, really? Yeah, or nine, nine or ten. Um, well, they've only played three right now, but most other schools have played what seven or eight, right? Yeah, SEC schools have played like six or seven. So. ACC yeah. has played like one more because ACC had a non-conference game as well. ACC and Big Twelve, mm-hmm. where the SEC is doing conference only. I so, wanted to ask you about Tom Herman watch before we move on. I'm see, but Tom Herman doesn't. N- nothing has changed in my opinion of Tom Herman. I watched him against West Virginia this mm-hmm. week, and it's the same team. They're sloppy. They underperform, and they squeak out a win over a yeah. team they should have beaten by three or four touchdowns. I mean, it's. So, do you think is is uh, meter gone left or right on the fire stage? I I mean, it's the same to me. I my opinion did not change over the last seven days. Mm. I think those backroom conversations between Urban Meyer and the Texas Brass are happening. <laughs> um, now, I think if you can get Urban Meyer, then I say fire Tom Herman. Yeah, yeah. If you I can't agree. get Urban Meyer, then I'd probably just keep him because if you're gonna fire a coach, you gotta bring in someone that's better. Yeah, you got and it, Tom Herman. While he's underperforming, he's not Charlie Strong, who's having losing records two out of three years. Yeah, he's not. You know, they, they don't. They don't don't look as messy as Texas did with Charlie Strong. And that right. was man, I was a Charlie Strong fan, but they were so out of sorts all the yeah. time. And I, I mean, think you, they look better than you that. lose to Kansas at Texas. You're done. Like that's it's happened. <laughs> Under Charlie Strong, it did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's um. But no, so that's with Herman. If you can get Urban Meyer. Then get uh, then get rid of Tom Herman. If you can't, then keep him. Eh, keep him, I guess. But really try to get Urban Meyer. Please. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that they'll they'll you know he'll lose like one of these last three. They'll make a bowl game, probably win it, and then they'll keep him another season. What I'm and afraid of gonna be the same is thing. that he goes to the Big 12 title game, wins, and then like wins the Sugar Bowl, oh, wow. and then it's like, oh well, we can't hire Urban Meyer now. We're we're back, we're back again. Yeah, I thought you were back last year. 
No, we're back now for this real is, this, this is really time. Really back in 2021. We're gonna be, but you won't be here. You know, yeah. Sam Ellinger, he's a, a senior, right? Yeah, but eligibility's frozen this year, so in theory, he could, he could come, back. come back. And he's not an NFL quarterback. I could see him coming back. Maybe he wants to get his master's. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're out for his PhD, enter into some programs, whatever, yeah. you know, get to that, get into that Red McCombs business school. And, yeah. I mean, the NBA, NBAs, everyone's got one now, so. Yeah. So I'm a, maybe Sam comes back for another year. If not, there's a kid on the team from like Travis Hudson Card, who's a really, really highly, he was a very highly recruited quarterback. I thought they had another kid too that was sitting there. Uh, so Quinn Ewers just decommitted from Texas. The guy that was number one quarterback in the country okay. for 2022, he decommitted. Okay. So that's. Tom, his job, Tom, Tom Herman's Herman. seat's really hot right now because yeah. of that decommitment. Now, where was he from? Uh, South Lake. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I think we've talked about them uh, yeah. in pre-production meetings. Yeah, so anyway, we'll move on now to the next level of football, high school football. Does he, amateurs. Here in the co- – real amateurs in this yeah. case. Uh, here in the Coastal Bend, the Cal Allen Wildcats, the fighting Jason Caceres, <laughs> win yeah, the district title, title over Port Lavaca Calhoun. Four passes thrown in that game between those two teams. Oh, I'm surprised there were four. I set the over-under at 10. I should have said it at five. Well, Kyle Allen has no reason to ever throw. And, you know, if you watch that kid, he needs a good kid. Um, I don't ever want to criticize any of these kids that play. I think that's the wrong thing to do. But um, he doesn't really have a good arm. And they don't – but they don't – Ever throw they so don't, maybe they don't in practice or something I mean, like that. A, yeah, they really a, don't have to. He's so. a, and he's a good athlete, so he does what he needs. What Bad they need thing to do. though is that if they're ever behind and they have to try to start throwing to come back, that's just not going to happen. So, um, yeah, that game was uh, twenty-eight to seven in I mean, hand. It seemed like the whole game. Yeah, like it. I was shocked because I mean, last year Port Lavaca beat Cal Allen pretty good. Like they, you know, they kind of put it to him. And Kyle Allen, I don't, you know, I didn't look at them and think they were as good as they were a year ago necessarily, but this is just the Phil Danaher, the Phil Danaher way. They don't, you know, they don't rebuild, they reload. They just get better and better every year and district champions. And I think they're primed for a deep playoff run. I think this team could very well win the region. And like I said, I think one of the teams from this district ends up in Jerry World. And I look at region four and think that one of these teams will at least end up in the state semifinal. Well, Nate. Looking across the board in 4A, there's not a lot of teams that just stick out and you go, wow. Um, they just – there really aren't. So there's there's potential there. I'm very uh, – They got Jeremiah Earls back too, and that was huge. The yeah, I mean, well, he's their best yards. player. Yeah. He's their best skill guy. They have the offensive line when he's going to SC. They'll, and they'll be – yeah, they'll be riding his back um, for a playoff run, and hopefully the kid stays healthy. Because uh, he's he's been a stud for them. Yeah. So I want to look at uh, – I got the bracket pulled up in front of me. Your Cal and Wildcats, they'll be playing La Grulla, the Gators, out of the Rio Grande Valley. And what are they – they were like 2-8? and eight? Uh, they, are, they did not have a great record. <laughs> um, should be it's a cakewalk. So fascinating, yeah. Honestly, Cal Allen's side of the bracket, like it's – Kyle Allen, I just kind of pencil them in all the way to the Region 4 final. Like, just automatically. Because the other teams in their region, uh, Hidalgo won their district, District 16. Um, and, then, I mean, Lavernia, Canyon Lake, I think Callan's better than those schools. LBJ or Pleas- in Austin or Pleasanton, I think Callan's better than them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't, don't really have much competition. Other side of the bracket is interesting, though. We got Port Lavaca Calhoun. They're going to be playing Zapata in round one. Again, I think that's an easy win for them. Miller's playing Laferia round one. That should be an easy win for them. 
But both teams are going to be playing district winners, Lampasas and Bernie. I don't know if I'm saying Lampasas right. Am yeah, Lampasas. Okay. That's Lamp- where I, I used to send my daughter there. Okay. So Lampasas and uh, – oh, Uvalde. Lampasas playing Uvalde. I mean, Lampasas should win that. Yeah, those are both beautiful towns, just saying. If uh, but Miller – Miller's interesting because Miller can't Lafaria. stop anyone. And Laferia, I mean, three and one, you have no tape on them. But Laferia is from the I, like I know Valley football. Yeah, yeah. Like Miller's gonna beat Laferia. <laughs> <laughs> they rarely go far out of the valley. It's like San Benito has had a good run. But McCallum Memorial, my high school went there, has gone third round a few times. Yeah, yeah um, there's like there's a couple like I guess those are the Har- powerhouses. Yeah, McCallum Memorial, it Harlingen used to, used to Har- yeah. Harlingen Cardinals. That's uh, where Phil Danaher came from. He used to be a Harlingen oh, was coach he? back in the day. And then um, cut his teeth there. The uh, Sherryland High School, Sherry they, Land, they yeah. split they into two now. Okay, but before they split into two, they were they yeah. Were, they so Sherryland was like our district rival. Okay, like that that they weren't our city rival, but they would be in our district. They in football and basketball when they were in our district, it, it would usually come down to us and Sherryland, hmm. and it was just you know whoever had a better team that year. Some years it was us, some years it was them. But so I mean, Miller's gonna beat La Feria. They're gonna play Lampasas. Miller can't stop anyone, but no one can stop them either. Yeah. They just – they put up 86 points this weekend. Now, they allowed 76. It's crazy, though. But they put up 86 points. Like, And and if they play Calhoun in the third round, last time they played Calhoun, final score was 77-76. It came down to a two-point conversion at the end of the game. So, Miller scored 12 touchdowns. Yes. It's bananas, dude. They – Miller can score on anybody. And not to mention Beville. Is Beville right? That's what you said? Yeah. They scored, what'd you say, 76? 76. So they scored what? Uh, 11 touchdowns. 11, yeah. Assuming they missed an extra point. They must have, yeah. something. Let's say they missed an extra point. Yeah. I don't have the box score in front of me. That's just wild, man. Either 10 or 11 touchdowns. Yeah. That's crazy. 10.8 according to the big box. <laughs> so, I mean, 10 or 11, just depending yeah. on if it was two field goals or if they missed an extra point. Yeah. But that's... I, I don't know. That's that's how do you that's twenty three touchdowns approximately, and 